Welcome, welcome, welcome one and all. Hello and welcome to The Reset Show, episode number 14. Today's topic is Agile at Work. And boy, have we got a special guest for you. Have we, Justin? Yes, we do. We do. Our special guest is Natal Dank, who quite literally wrote the book. The book uh, in question being Agile HR, which she co-wrote with her colleague Rena Hellstrom and was published only last November in the UK and in the US by Kogan Page. Before we get chatting to Natal properly, some thank yous as always from me, uh, initially to my co-hosts Emma Bridger from People Lab and Belinda Ganaway from Fathom XP. And of course, a shout out to our erstwhile producer, Katie Austin, who is there making sure everything runs smoothly. And thanks too to our live studio audience who have joined us. You will get an opportunity to chat with Natal and respond to the somewhat rambling, random direction of the conversation, as is our want. So we look forward to hearing from you all later on and finally thank you of course to our viewers and listeners whether you're watching us on youtube or listening to the podcast welcome welcome one and all a few natal facts to wet your whistle for the conversation so natal heads up learning coaching and community at pxo culture and is seen by those who know and some of you will be those who know, as a pioneer in the Agile HR movement. Uh, in 2016, Natal hosted the first, uh, first Agile HR meetup in London, which has since mushroomed into a marvellous event that uh, is, takes place across the world, from Sydney to Paris and online. And now, to bring you up to speed, through PXO Culture, Natal is focusing on defining modern HR for the 21st century from her base in Bonnie, Scotland, where she joins us today. Uh, so that's what I'm going to say about Natal. Without further ado, Emma Bridger, tell us a little bit about the Reset Show and why we're here. Cool. Thanks, Justin. Hello, everybody. Um, going to just give a quick intro to the Reset Show. Some of you have heard this before, but just in case you haven't, and we are getting lots of new listeners, so welcome if you're new. Um, the Reset Show was originally put together to bring together like-minded people and our wonderful network to figure out how we can use this opportunity um, of, the, of the pandemic to do things differently and essentially make the world of work better. So, you know, whilst it's definitely been tough, difficult, you know, affected all of us in, in, in different ways, at the same time, we recognised there was uh, an opportunity to... Um, you know, to find some silver linings in there. So that's why we set up the Reset Show initially and uh, can't believe this is show number 14 already. Um, really looking forward to, to um, hearing Natal speak today. I'm really interested in this idea of modernising HR because it definitely needs it. But just before I, I pass over to, to B to get stuck into the questions, I am just going to give a quick plug to um, a book... <laughs> A very exciting book that Belinda and I have co-written that's coming out next week. Um, and we're having a special kind of one-off in between Reset Show because Reset Show normally is every other week. So we're having a special one-off show next Wednesday that Justin's going to kindly host for us where Belinda and I joined by some of our contributors to talk about um, employee experience by design. So if you're interested, come along. We'd love to have you there. So I had to just give that a quick plug, obviously. So without further ado, over to B. 
Thank you. Yeah, super excited about the book launch and have also really enjoyed reading Natal's book over the last few weeks as well. So we are really, really interested in the whole world of Agile and Agile HR and particularly in how it links to design thinking and through that world of design thinking into what we like to talk about in terms of employee experience design. Um, I loved your definition um, about how it enables you, how Agile enables you to work with people rather than on people. Again, I think that's a really good link into kind of the world of, of design thinking. But before we get into the, into the detail of your book and into Agile HR, is there anything to tell that we haven't said about you already that we really should know? Well, there's two ways we could go with that. One is uh, we now know I'm in Scotland, but I am an Aussie that lives in Scotland, which is a fairly rare thing. Uh, I have one of the rescue dogs is now next to me. So two old rescue dogs lives in the house. And my partner and I also live with a 91 year old. So that's always a little bit different as well. And uh, we all coexist in lockdown. <laughs> so, so that's a little bit different. I suppose uh, one thing to add to the bio is I was HR for many, many years, in-house HR. So while I was uh, the, the, seen as this pioneer in agile HR, it comes from a long history of working in quite senior HR roles. And I often talk about the moment of when I started to question things and also sort of sent me in a new direction was using a 25 box matrix to assess talent <laughs> because you can never have too many boxes. And if we think about designing great solutions for employee experience and delighting our internal customer, um, which I imagine your book is uh, looking at quite a lot. Yeah. How do we let go of these, you know, boxes and processes and systems and start designing user-friendly uh, solutions that really enrich the employee experience so mm. um so that's definitely what kind of started me on this journey fabulous thank you and i, I i've got a great picture of your very mixed and very picturesque household as well <laughs> um so i know that um you talk about how you stumbled across agile to a certain extent where you're in a startup but how you're already looking for better ways to create a you know more human experience at work and how you introduced to Agile there. So I'm wondering, how was it explained to you and what made it easy to grasp? Well, it wasn't actually explained to me. It was, mm. I was challenged. Uh, so I was, I left this sort of senior in-house role with the 25 box matrix. And I went looking for, how do I go back to building a great place to work? You know, what, what is, why am I in this HR role? What am I trying to achieve with it? And I've always loved the, the people side of business. And this is what sort of always got me so passionate. So I went looking for that and kind of stumbled into it in the sense that, yes, by work, being asked to work for a startup, Agile was already alive in this organization. It was kind of one of the reasons why it was so successful. So by then it was a pretty successful startup. And what was interesting is I got asked to come in and help them redesign performance and reward, particularly for their fully agile part of the business. So we're talking tech teams running full agile and have been doing it for a number of years. And up until then, I still thought agile was very tech. I thought it was very much all about software development and didn't really have much to do with HR. And what was interesting is I did what we, we often do in HR, which is I went and looked at the engagement survey. I then interviewed a few people. I then went and looked at what the best practice was in the industry and also went and looked at what some of the big people do, like your Google and your Facebook. 
And then I designed my gorgeous blueprint of what they should do with their performance and reward. And it was cutting edge. Like I was, I was going for it. I was delinking <laughs> performance and uh, reward ratings. I was, you know, I was really going to go for it. Yeah. And quite rightly, the head of IT, my, my main sponsor said, well, how do you know it's going to work? And I went, oh, well, you know, HR best practice. And he goes, oh, I don't like that term. And I went, oh my God, that's what I've used for so many years. And uh, he said, well, in my area of the business, we test this, we experiment and we get data and we use data to drive the decisions and you need to do the same thing. And at first I was like, oh, experiment, test, but this is people. And, uh, but then once you're into it, you start to realize, no, this is product development. This is service development. This is design, Mm. like what you guys have just been writing about. Mm. And if you want to delight your internal customer, then an agile mindset is just so key to that. But it was really interesting because I did this project for almost a year in the end, but after about six months, we had some great data to make quite, quite big decisions around actually removing quarterly bonuses and all, you know, quite big changes to how people were rewarded. And, but it was based on direct feedback of what worked and what didn't. And what was really interesting at one stage, I gave some of the teams this um, tech solution to give each other feedback. And I thought, oh, well, they are techies, you know, and they're young, you know, all these assumptions, they'll love it. They hated it. And they said, well, <laughs> we don't want a feedback tech solution. We want to have a psychological safe place to give each other feedback. We don't want it to be about the money and the ratings. We want it to be about our actual careers. And so a lot of the things that mm-hmm. we hear, but this gave us actual data to, to, to use. And so, So we did that and we made some big changes. And then when I left, I reflected back on it and I went, oh, I'm going to call that Agile HR because that was using an Agile approach for designing HR. And this is where business is going. We've got to get our head around this. This is, we've got to redesign people practices to enable this. And this is why the setup set, the startup was so successful. But the other key thing, and you touched on this in your intro, was this idea of you co-created the solution. And so by the time we got to these big announcements about redesigning reward, yeah, there was still debates, but everyone was in the change with you and you were doing it together. And for mm. me, this was so powerful. How do you co-create change, as you said, rather than implementing it onto people? So the concept of change management is just, you know, re- redesigned. And I, yeah. I just, it was, I just went, ah, this is it. This is it. I think this could give us a lot of the answers that we're looking for. So it's very much a kind of a, a learning by doing as opposed to learning by being told, Definitely. which is so and agile. Which is very agile. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. And I would say that time and time again, yeah, it is, you can talk about agile a lot and you can kind of think about how to approach it, but you've just got to give it a go. And yeah. I think particularly in the world of HR, you know, you've got to just get in there and see what it's going to, how is it going to work for you? Um mm. But in saying that, and we're probably jumping ahead a little bit, don't get too caught up in the one method or the one way of doing it, because Mm. in the end, it is much more a mindset. And Mm. then you go and find the tools that are going to work for you in your own context. And I think that's the best way to to look at it. Mm. I love that. Thank you. I I first came across Agile um, several years ago. I was working in a digital transformation space, looking at the sort of the culture pieces and, and Agile was bandied around a lot. And there was a lot of 
snobbery is not quite the right word. There was a lot of preciousness about it and sniffiness and people being accused of being agile-ish or, or not agile enough, or it was just all not terribly helpful. Yes. But for those <laughs> not in the know already, is there anything else that you can tell us simply about agile that will help land it for, for everybody, what yeah, it actually is? For sure. And I think feeding off what you've just said, um, this is now the danger of the topic, isn't it? It's kind of, you know, people maybe had a bad experience with it, uh, didn't really get a chance to fully embrace it, or it seemed too elitist or too techie. And, but uh, but all around us, we're all talking about this need for business agility. So what's going on? What's, what's, what's in this? And how do we make it something about contemporary ways of working and just working better rather than just always caught up in this word agile? So I think a great way to think about agile is firstly where it comes from and then how do we translate it into our world of HR? So it does come from the world of tech, but it came from this need to respond to the complexity in which we now operate. So if you want to design a customer product solution service that is actually going to deliver value and you want to validate that right from the word go and know that you're on the right track because everything constantly changes around you, then you need to work in a different way. So this old way of kind of planning everything up front and then you know working through your Gantt chart and implementing something six months, a year later, just isn't going to work as mm. our world, start, world starts to change around us. So this started happening in tech. And then what's what's happening, and I think I keep my quote at the moment is, there's nothing like a pandemic to demonstrate the value of working agile. <laughs> so our world is transforming. You know, it is insane. Each day you might actually need to respond to a change uh, or some kind of complexity. And Agile is about helping you solve complex problems. So it's not the answer, it's a way of finding answers. Mm. And what it says, it says, put your, put your customer at the heart of what you do and then look at how do you deliver value to that customer incrementally. So this is slice by slice, piece by piece. And what it says is it says, use a feedback loop. So get something of value to this customer. It might be a bit smaller to begin with. It might not be the whole solution or it might even be an experiment or a test but get it to your customer, get feedback. Does this work? Does this not? And then use that feedback to drive the next piece of work. And this means there's a real discipline in how you actually approach it, but it means you can adapt. So after that cycle of work, you can adapt and you can go in a new direction based on the customer feedback, or you're validated that you're actually going in the right direction and you, and you keep, you know, you keep moving ahead. And so it's a way of releasing value early and often. And mm. we're now seeing this, you know, Go, you know, move across whole industries because business is craving an ability to innovate and respond very rapidly to what's going on around them. And Agile gives that. The problem, however, is often it gets related to the, the methods that sit behind it, which is Scrum and Kanban, and people get a bit fearful of that. But first and foremost, it is that mindset. Mm. And I'd probably just add one other thing that I think starts to transform how we see it in HR. So if you take that mindset into HR, it's then all about our people because our people are our customer and how are we delivering value to our people? So if you take a big complex problem like well-being in the years of the temp or the future of work, we're all talking about how do we design the future of work? This is huge. It's massive. It's so complex. 
So how do we break it down? How do we make it very tangible? How do we focus on what we're going to deliver week on week, month on month? How do we validate how we use, you know, design thinking? You know, what's the problem we're trying to solve? How do we build the solution? How do we prototype and test? So it starts to transform how we do HR because we start to actually incrementally deliver this value rather this big bang, one size fits all change, which we've mm. done up until now. It also means that we design processes that are going to help people get their work done, which is great. But also Agile said, actually, the way we used to work in the more waterfall way, the kind of more traditional way, is that we would hand everything over to the next person. So your Gantt chart was usually handing over to the next person. Mm -hmm. Agile says that's way too slow. You've got to get everyone you need in the team together and you need to help them self-organize and just get them to get the job done. And this transforms HR because if you start to design solutions with a multi-skilled team mm. rather than single topic owners, it, it's, it's really amazing. Um, and if you think about, I don't know about you, but I used to be the head of talent or the head of learning or the head of, you know, someone would be reward, someone with recruitment, but we always had to involve each other in our projects to get, get it done. Yeah. So this is, what's the main problem? What do we need to solve for the business? Now let's all work together and get the job done. Thank you. I think that brings it to life so, so well. I particularly like, I think that was really landed for me since I've sort of engaged with your work is this idea of slices of work and then the releasing value um, early and often, but the slices of project was a bit that I was sort of missing, I think, when I'd had it explained when I was sort of bumping into Agile previously. Mm -hmm. So I found that really useful. Yeah. I'm going to ask you one more question and then yep. I'll hand back to Justin and Emma to sort of surface some questions from, from everybody who's on the call. But the question, the other question for me is what's the most unexpected benefit that you've discovered of taking a more agile approach in HR? Well, I think if we feed off what you've just said, this slices of value and it's the definite defining value. So we often talk uh, about wanting a seat at the table in HR or wanting to be seen as a true business partner or, um, you know, we really want to be seen as value adding, uh, but, you know, we're often dealing, you know, we're doing people things and people don't necessarily understand the value that we deliver. This really helps us define and articulate value and then demonstrate what we're doing through data. And I, for me, that's just such a powerful way of working mm. for HR. But it's also the same way and the same language that the business is using. So it's not mm. like this is a special way of us of how we're going to do our projects. It's actually how do you uh, know that you're delivering value to your end customer and your product mm. or your service is successful? We're going to use the same techniques internally to ensure that we're we're delivering value and it means that we can prioritize our work in such a, a better way so you know I mentioned earlier we have these huge complex problems that we need to solve often our strategy is full of big things like design leaders for the future of roles that we don't know about yet well-being you know personal growth all these really big issues but also we have loads of business as usual. So what should we focus on and when should we do it and how do we spend our time? And Agile is all about understanding your capacity, constantly prioritizing your work and defining what you're going to do through value. And so I think this idea of value delivery is really powerful for HR. Fabulous. Thank you. Um, Emma. Yeah. Wow. Thanks, Natal. That That's amazing already. My head's spinning. I've uh, got lots of thoughts and questions and ideas. 
Where I'm going to go to first is um, absolutely completely on board with everything you said. It's kind of a comment and I'd love your take on this. So absolutely with you that we need to, as you say, take slices, test it, figure out what's landing. I'm, my background is psychologist, research psychologist. So I'm all over that. How do we make sure we ask the right questions? So you're, you've got a great example that you shared at the beginning around the performance development, performance management, right? So we know the science. The science tells us that, you know, up to a certain percent, certain level, money makes a difference. After that, it doesn't make a difference, right? But you ask most people, you know, what's the most important thing for you at work or why'd you come to it? People go, oh, it's the pay, right? So we never ask those sorts of questions. We ask different types of questions. We ask very strength-based questions, like tell me about a time when you loved what you were doing to unearth the real insight. How do you make sure, because I can see a scenario where well-meaning HR teams are going, great, we need to get some feedback, but they're asking the wrong questions and then they're getting the answers. And they're taking them down a complete, you know, completely different path. Does that make sense? And have you got any thoughts on that? Yeah, totally. Well, for me, that's moving beyond the survey, isn't it? And yeah. the, the standard interview questions. So I think there's a couple of layers to kind of unpick that. And one is, what is the problem that you're trying to solve? So... Uh, the, the, the performance and reward situation is a classic one. So, oh, we'd like to redesign our performance and reward. Okay, great. And we go straight into the process of performance and reward and we're redesigning it without going, well, why is it wrong? We, like, what's wrong here? Why do we mm. even do performance? Uh, mm. Like, what is a performance management system? What are we trying mm. to achieve with it? What is the business problem? And we, we need to frame it in business language. So is it that, people don't find it useful? Does it get in the way? Is it not adding value? Is it uh, focused on the wrong things? Um, is it that we're incentivizing the wrong behaviors? So what is the actual problem? And I always say, there's no use embracing agile if you don't know what the problem is that you're trying to solve. So that's, mm. that's definitely first and foremost. So I would want to interrogate that. And this is when I would then move into uh, design thinking. So I think mm. for me, design thinking, it, you know, is just so interlinked with agile. Mm. Um, and this is often where I think HR gets tripped up. So it's really interesting. I work with a lot of HR teams and we go to set up their first, you know, agile project and we start the project. And of course, once you're getting into the nitty gritty of, all right, what's on your backlog? What are you going to, you know, what are you going to deliver and why? What's the data? pretty quickly they go hmm, what is it that we're trying to do here what is the problem <laughs> and there's often all this discovery work that we haven't mm. done in HR and this is things like um, employee experience mapping empathy interviews mm. really interrogating the problem before we go anywhere near any kind of solution design and so for a lot of our issues we actually need to do why I always advocate a design sprint up front um, you know anything from well-being to performance or reward, well, what is the problem? And, and also what's the prioritized in these problems? So you might go and start interrogating something like well-being and you'll have a whole series of issues that it will come out, but what's mm. the most important thing to solve for your business first and why? Because we only have so much capacity. Um, and why are we going after that? How do we articulate that to the business but also how do we validate that with the business that this is the right thing to solve first so I often talk about solving real problems with real people and also understanding pain points so mm. you know what are the pain points what are the moments that matter um, that you can really if you get those moments 
right, you'll truly engage people, you'll make their job so much easier and they'll deliver great value to the end customer. If you get the moment wrong, then you, 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 know, you lose them. So um, this is where I think a lot of that concept of, of actual product design starts to come into the idea of, mm. of Agile. And, and I would say this is where HR, for, like we've had, we've had such great intentions, you know, we, yeah. we love people, we want to solve, you know, we want to build great people solutions, but we are, we have a lot of assumptions about what would work because we did it somewhere else before and we saw mm. it work well, or because we're in it all the time, we kind of go, oh yeah, this, this is what we need to work on, or this is the, this is the solution. Or, or as you said, we ask the wrong questions, you know, um, you know, are you happy with your pay? No. Who's happy with their pay? <laughs> Absolutely, you know? yeah. Exactly. So, um, so I think this is actually learning new skills in HR. And this is where we can really start to pull on um, skills from marketing, skills of product design, skills from um, actual even tech, uh, all of those. And this is where the HR skill set starts to to build out, you know. And that's what I'm definitely seeing with Agile coming into HR developing the skill set and moving us beyond what we might have, the, the traditional practitioner, I suppose. Yeah. Mm. And thanks for that. I completely, again, you know, on board with all of that. Um, and, and like you say, I mean, in our experience, definitely, I think, you know, so much of the value of the work we do is helping people to figure out what it is they're trying to solve straight up. And I sort of say, once you've got that, the rest is easy, right? Totally. It's that bit. Totally. And I mean, we have exactly the same. I mean, you know, yeah. the, the world of work that we're in, you know, engagement experience, so often it's kind of like, oh, I want to do something with well-being. It's like, well, what do we actually mean by that? And it's like, but it's interesting because I think yeah. there are those companies who are up for really investing in that discovery process and you know they're going to get somewhere and make some progress. And those that go, no, 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 we've already done that. Here's, here's a little bit of survey data. Just just use that, you know, so. Uh, exactly. Yeah. So you've got to, yeah. I think we've got to challenge thinking. But I also think you don't necessarily have to do, like, it can be quick and dirty as well as investing, you know, uh, all this time and effort in a nice, great mm. discovery design sprint. So your mm. quick and dirty is walking down the corridor when we were in corridors and yeah. sitting on yeah. a Zoom call and yeah. putting something up like this and saying, you know, if I sent this out tomorrow as an email, how would you react? You know, yeah. there was one where, um, you know, they're looking at career development and, what was really interesting with this one is they discovered that career development meant all kinds of things to people. Once you started to tap into the language, mm. it didn't mean competencies. It didn't mean um, feedback skills and training programs. It often meant relationships with people in my team, you know, wanting to connect with someone that was more experienced in something, but, you know, and it and often didn't mean the next job. It was the environment that they worked in. So first of all, they uncovered all these things around what actually people thought about career development. But then once they were in the solution design, one of the main ideas that started to come out with this was this kind of internal LinkedIn kind of product. And, mm. but before they went anywhere near even mocking up a tech solution, they created a cardboard version of, of website pages that they went, all right, let's go and put this now back in front of some users and see, would they want to click on the email because they, it was a topic that they would find would help them solve a problem? Would they now click on this? Would they now click on that? And so you're, you know, really cheap and easy way mm -hmm. of testing an idea before you go anywhere near putting any time and money into it. So mm -hmm. I think it's also 
HR has been quite caught up in the shiny and the new for a, for a while. And we often feel that we need things to look fantastic before we release them out. But what is, what is fantastic? Fantastic is that people engage with it and find it useful. I don't know, but I imagine there's a few people on this call that, you know, I de designed beautiful performance management systems in the past and learned leadership programs. But sometimes I then spend a couple of years trying to get everyone to really engage with them because, and say things like, oh, it's not the system, it's the conversation that you have around the system, you know? And yeah, I know that feels a bit weird to fill in that form, but it will help you, you know, do get your career development. And, and no, why didn't I start with the user experience first? So mm -hmm. it's, um, it's a flipping of the mindset and it will just take a bit of time, I think, for HR to get comfortable with that. Mm. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Sorry, Justin. Yeah, it goes Justin now, aren't well, we? Well, 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 well. Um, do you know the English expression Gordon Bennett? It's sort of, you know, it's like, I, oof, that's a lot. Uh, <laughs> Natal, thank you so much. This is, as always, sparking uh, so many potential tangential conversations. Um, just briefly, I love what you're talking about, the cardboard box. That reminds me of a, a previous guest we had. You probably know Carly Love, a prototyping expert who, who talks about this term, Wizard of Oz prototyping, which is that's such a lovely example of that. Well, well let's just build a version of it and really? yeah. try it out. Um, exactly. uh, I love that. Um, so quite often these conversations, we have two strands running through them. And, the, and one strand is the organizational strand, if you like. So how does the topic that we're talking about relate to organizations? And I'm personally, I'm always interested in uh, how does the topic relate to us as individuals as well? So I'm interested in what thoughts you might have about how Agile and all of the associated principles can apply to someone who is just a person and doesn't necessarily work in <laughs> HR or, or comms or any of those areas. So just us all as individuals, what can we learn from, from Agile? Yeah, sure. Um, for all the just the people out there. Um, <laughs> That's uh, me. Uh, yeah. <laughs> um, well, I, I'm, I'm very into the personal Kanban at the moment, right? So this is my, this is what I advocate. And it's, uh, I think it's particularly useful in uh, times of lockdown and pandemic, shall we say, mm. where we might be overwhelmed with what's happening in our lives. So, um, and there's a, there's a good writer. Uh, he's a, Oliver Berkman uh, writes yeah. quite a few little great little uh, articles and books and he drew on it, but there is actually a book out there, personal Kanban and for the life of me, I can't remember the actual authors, but they come a bit more from the traditional agile space. So Kanban is a, it's actually been around for a long time, but it's sort of been taken on by Agile. And it's this way of managing your workflow. So the idea is that you should see all your workflow at the same time. And it has these simple columns, uh, you know, backlog, to do, doing, done. And you aim to move your work across the board. And um, that could be as simple as, you know, little tickets or little, you know, headings going across the board. What's interesting about Kanban is that the focus is work in progress. So what you should try and do is challenge you, say, okay, I think I should only ever have five things working progress. And the idea is that you can't bring something new in unless you've got something done. 
And what I find really interesting is that if you create a personal Kanban, which is things you're trying to get done work-wise, things you're trying to get done in the house, you know, what you've got to do for the kids and the, and the dogs and the 91-year-old and all of these things, is that there's rarely, you can't get through very much. And there's all the, you know, I, my, like I can look, I've got mine here and I put way too much in my doing column already. <laughs> and there's quite a few sitting in my waiting blocked and, so it's really interesting. So this, I, um, but what, what it helps is first of all, add this sense of achievement. If you get something to done, it's like, yeah, well, today I did do this, you know, all this other stuff didn't go successful, but I did do this, but also it's this visualization of work. And so, um, we were talking about this earlier with the HR team. There's so much work going on and often mm. we don't even understand half the stuff that our colleagues doing and what our team is on. So the more we can unearth everything and visualize it, the more we can feel like a, a little bit of a sense of control. Okay. This is all the work and actually start to talk about true capacity. And in a personal situation, that's really quite a strong thing. So I found that, you know, on my Kanban, I'll have something, you know, like cut the grass as well as, you know, read the latest great employee design book that's just been um, <laughs> given to me, um, as well as, you know, get this piece of work done. And I'm often not going to get the cut, the, you know, the cut the grass is not going to happen this weekend. And, I, you know, and I want to get to all these books, but I haven't. But actually just having them up there and knowing that I've tried to think about doing it, it makes you feel better. And then you start realizing, well, I'm focusing and trying to focus on the most important things for me personally to get done. Um, do I need to rearrange that a little bit? Um, and it's just, it is a much more useful tool uh, rather than your traditional to-do list. And so I would say personal Kanban is, is a great technique that actually helps you um, yourself. And as I said, Oliver Berkman and a few others have written about it and I can send a link out later. Brilliant. Oh, well, that's lovely, isn't it? I'm glad I asked you that question. Thank <laughs> you. Um, yeah, I just can see a behind Belinda's head there. There might be some sort of system already. <laughs> exactly, in, in place. exactly. Personal uh, There's no system there, believe me. I'm looks, definitely going to try. Just looks very organised. That's lovely. <laughs> Thank you. And um, we, Katie, will be doing some research, um, Natal, into into the who wrote the book and sending out links. We we send out a package to everyone who's. Uh, Oh, subscribed. I will send you, send you some links, Karen, Yeah, yeah, that would be great. Um, so that's another plug to anyone who isn't subscribed. If you subscribe, of course, you get all of this extra resource. Um, Natal, thank you. We're going to move to one of our audience guests' questions. Now, this is a slightly unusual one because one of our um, uh, regular guests can't be with us today, uh, uh, Debbie, and she was so, uh, so excited to be part of the call um, that she actually sent us the questions and said, would you mind asking uh, Natal because I can't be on the call. So um, Katie, I think you have a copy of the questions. Uh, if you'd like to read them out for Natal, that'd be great. And then if anyone else, of course, who's on the call has uh, questions for Natal, now's the time to pop them in the chat. So Katie. No problem at all. Yes, we've actually got two questions. So the first one is, are there any particular HR processes that lend themselves particularly well to agile practices? especially if an organization is cynical or resistant change, where in the employee life cycle does it tend to be most easy and effective to implement agile ways of working and user-centered design? Okay, all right. So we had processes, but also where in the employee life cycle. So I'll just kind of break those two down. 
Um, and we also had cynical, I like that cynical <laughs> organization. So uh, we, an organization that perhaps isn't open to agile at the moment. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, well, I think I need to attack the concept of cynical as well. So, okay. All right. So I think first and foremost, before we jump to where in HR is going back to this idea of, of the cynical organization or someone that's not quite open to the concept of agile. And this is where I would talk about the problem that you're trying to solve. So what is a business problem? And also how's this impacting the end customer of the business? Um, so is it, you know, is it problems with net promoter score or, you know, people not able to get their work done to deliver value to the end customer? So look at whatever you're doing as a business problem and actually define it in that way and talk about the value that you could deliver by solving the business problem. Mm -hmm. So I often get HR teams to think about three levels, uh, the employee value, so the value that's going to go through to the employee, but then the value to the business bottom line and the value to the end customer. And we don't always think about those other two, um, but you know everything that you're doing needs to link through to those three areas. So that, that would be my first one is actually to get around the cynicism or this kind of idea of resistance. Just don't worry about talking about agile for, for now and just go and talk about solving business problems. And then we're going to use a way of working that's going to help us solve this problem. And I'm actually going to do it in a data-driven way. And generally, senior stakeholders or resistors really kind of like that kind of language. Okay, yeah, well, oh, yeah, I've got that problem. Yep, I want to see some data on how we could solve that. And that's also quite important because uh, linking back to what Emma said earlier, there's also a lot of assumptions or ways that we go about solving problems that you've often got to get over. So, um, so to get kind of put that, okay, we're going after data, we're going to solve this problem. Then if we think about, so there's two ways you can approach it. One, you can say, all right, we're going to go and solve a business problem that's important for the business. So it has a bit of meat to it. Um, you maybe don't go after the one that's like leadership development because, you know, or the CEO and everyone's going to be involved, but you go after management development because, you know, that's going to really kind of deliver value and is something you can work at. Um, but you, and often a good one is going after something where you've tried a few things in the traditional way and you're not getting anywhere with it. And actually, if you come at it now in a new way, you'll really show some value and that will get people excited. So that that's without thinking about topics overall. Um, if I then think about where, where within HR Agile lends itself, this is also where I think people get a bit confused with Agile. So Agile is awesome at solving complex problems and helping you innovate. So of course it's great for solution design. So everything from learning and development, you know, talent development, um, redesigning a process, all of those things, agile is just a natural fit. Um, and I would say that, you know, seeing great things happen when an L&D team em embraces agile and where it can go from there. Um, also that if you think about that, that's very program based, you know, we've, and, and also we've done it in a certain way for a long time. So it's nice to kind of uh, disrupt it. Mm. Um, but then people say, oh, well, you can't use agile in operations, you know, or business as usual, because you got to kind of just get those tasks done. And what I would say is that you're not going to necessarily prototype and test your uh, pay, you know, your pace system. But if you ever want to update that system, then you should definitely go and do it in an agile way to make sure whatever you're going to design works. 
but where Agile can help you in the kind of everyday processes is this concept of prioritization and visualization of work. So if you're an operations team, you still can embrace an agile mindset, but you're using it in a slightly different way. So it's, what have I got on? Where am I focusing my time? How am I delighting my customer? How am I listening to the feedback of the, you know, the service that we're providing and constantly improving? But how am I, you know, you're not necessarily prototyping and testing everything you're doing. Um, uh, so there's a different way that you might pull on agile. So that's what I would say. It's, it's, it's great for all parts of HR, but the way you embrace it might be a little bit different given what you're trying to do with it. Um, and this is where what I think is, so this is where I start to talk about, and this is kind of what I'm focusing on now. So how do we move HR to being about people experience and operations, this holistic approach to your employee experience, managing a portfolio of services and products that go out across the business that is all about the employee life cycle joined up together and how are we working with other parts of the business to have that end-to-end -end accountability or value stream um, and if you take that kind of mindset well that's just a product agile mindset from word go but parts of it will be very lean and about efficiency. You know, it's my operations. I want them to be fantastic and delivering great service. And now the parts is going to be constantly about designing great solutions and iterating and prototyping and testing. So you're just, it's about mindset overall and then seeing where it's going to add the most value and how. But around all of that, with that portfolio of products and services, it's what's the value we're delivering at any one time? Why are we doing what we're doing? What's the priority? And how do I measure that 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 impact. And is, if we take those things as what being agile is, then I think we can relate it to every part of, of HR. Thank you. That's, that's brilliant. Thanks. Pleasure. Thank was you very that, much. Was that the two one. questions? Did you say you had two <laughs> questions or were they combined? I have got another. I have oh, right, got okay. another. <laughs> Go for it, Casey. In terms of ceremonies, from your experience, which ones tend to resonate most with HR teams? So an example given here is I'm assuming velocity tracking and burn down charts are a step too far, but daily stand-ups and retrospectives work well. Well, I like, I like a good velocity tracking actually and a good burn down and up down chart, um, but uh, um, perhaps that can come a little bit later once you're, you're really into using it. Um, but what I would say is that, so rather than rituals per se, it's good to think about cadence and cadence is the rhythm that you're working in. And so traditionally HR has worked, uh, we used to have an annual cycle where we would, you know, processes and systems would be done annually and even things like review, um, you know, feedback reviews, appraisals for another word, career development would be done on this annual kind of process. The business doesn't even operate very much annually more anymore. So, but what Agile says is that actually we need to work on a, a, a different type of cadence. And so we've started to embrace more of a quarterly cadence in HR, but actually Agile says, let's go even further than that. So either, you know, one weekly, two weekly or monthly, you're actually going through a cycle of rituals. So you would do, uh, what are we planning? What are we focusing on this cycle of work? So this, say this month. What are we going after and why? What can we do and what can't we do based on our capacity? What's the value and what's the data we're going to track on, on, on what we're delivering? 
is there something that we need to, you know, solutions design? Do we need to do some design sprinting? Or actually, is it more delivery this month? These kind of things. So a, a good planning session. And if you notice, it's not planning for the whole year. You have your, you do have your kind of long-term vision and goals, but this is, you know, what are we going to go after this month and why? Then as that progresses, you then get to, yes, the review and the retrospective. Now, the review is really interesting because that's actually demoing work to your customer or your business to get feedback. So this is so powerful. And I'm seeing HR teams transformed by doing this. And this is about, you know, um, so I'm working with the team at the moment and they've set out their strategy for the year. And now we're doing monthly review and retro sessions. And they're at the moment just demoing to each other. Well, I just, you know, we've just designed this thing for well-being. This is how it went. And this is the, you know, what the data was. And they're giving each other feedback. And they're like, oh, my God, we've never inspected and adapted our work in this way. And now then some HR teams are actually taking that to the next level. And on a regular basis, they go and demo the work with the business and say, all right, so we did this this month. What did you think? You know, what worked, what didn't? How do we keep improving this product? Uh, what do we now work on in the next month? Should it still be this product? Is it something else? You know, did we solve the problem? Um, and this is interesting. Rather than just activity, it's about solving problems and getting data about impact. Uh, then you go into the retrospective. So the review is about what? So the, the product that we're working on. And then the retrospective is how. And this is about how we're working as a team. And we all know that this is a very powerful thing to do and we often never do it even in our personal life this kind of reflection this learning so that in itself is also very powerful um, but what i'm seeing in hr is you can use that quite strategically so you know you can have a strategic retrospective with your senior leadership team you could um, also be linking that back to the people strategy as well okay how are we working as an actual HR team are we structured in the right way are we getting the right results here how do we start evolving our ways of working to, to do that so for me the cadence is the really important one so you can have a few rituals in there and definitely things like stand-ups are great but they don't always work for, for HR like a daily stand-up often means you're working on the same thing a day in day out so I see a lot of HR teams either make that more of a kind of ops check-in hey we're working on these things or it's linked to a certain project or maybe you don't do it as much during the week so it might be a couple of times so this is where I'm a massive advocate of evolving the toolbox of agile for HR um, so stand-ups are great definitely short check-ins not these big like ops meetings that we used to always have but it's, it's sticking to the cadence. And this is how it gives you discipline. So I did a meetup this morning and we were talking about Agile HR for startups. Mm. And people always talk about, oh, you know, as a startup grows, how do you give enough structure to ensure that it can grow efficiently and effectively, but also hold on to that autonomy and self-organization that, you know, that is about Agile and makes it so great. And it's the, it's the cadence of Agile. It's having discipline. And so... Um, it's very easy to do that one time, but to do that every month and actually listen to the feedback and take in an improvement each time. And, and so that sense of discipline around the planning and the reviewing is actually gives you a lot of uh, structure. And it means that Agile is, is not just about doing what you want. Um, it's actually about having this sort of set way of working. 
And then definitely you could track your velocity and do a burn down or burn up chart. <laughs> you could do both. Uh, and then that will give you a better insight into your capacity. But we can do that in another, another discussion. <laughs> Thank you oh. so much. That's great. <laughs> Thank you, Natal. And as you've just said, we can do that in another discussion. <laughs> this is uh, this is where we quite often end up um, because you open up this stuff, don't you? And it's like, ah, we've got even more to to talk about. But for for what we have already talked about, thank you from us all. Um, a really, really uh, packed with practical tips. So I think anyone who's listening back to this or, or watching it again will be probably like most of us making frantic notes um whether you're coming from an organizational angle or um a personal angle as well of course we had the uh, the personal kanban i had a quick look and i think it might be jim benson and toria and demaria who you were talking about um so we will be uh, i will certainly be checking them out um so lots of tips um and advice and also i think lots of additional avenues opening up for our listeners to uh, explore and uh, find out more about. So um, maybe we'll have you back for a part two sometime. Um, that would be delightful. So uh, Natal, thank you again. Wish you well. Hope the book continues to gather the momentum that it's, that it's already uh, enjoying. And uh, thanks, of course, to your, your co-author, who isn't here with us today. Um, thank you. And um, a brief plug to finish the show for the coming up next on the Reset Show. So on Wednesday, the 10th of March, we resume our normal routine with uh, Kerry Hughes and Paul Bailey from Spark. They'll be talking to us about human-centered design and how it applies to employee experience. We'll be looking particularly at customer experience and user experience. So that's coming up on the Reset Show. And of course, we have to finish with a final plug for um, Emma, Bridger and Belinda Gandway's book, which has recently been published, which we've enjoyed the official Zoom launch. Um, so, you know, this is one of the advantages of they would have, yeah, yes. And, uh, yeah. And, exactly. agile, and, agile, and Agile HR as well. And Agile Let's HR. Let's plug all the books. Let's plug yeah, all the books. Off, a book off. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we, we look forward to that. That's on Wednesday, the 3rd of March at the slightly later time of 5 p.m. to uh, encourage you to maybe join us with a little tipple of your choice, uh, a cup of tea or a cup of something strong, stronger, a wee dram, as they would say up in, in Scotland. Um, that's it from us today. What a great, great conversation. Um, lots to think about, lots of inspiration for us all. Thank you, Natal. Thank you to our live audience who joined us. And thank you to all of you who are continuing to support us by uh, subscribing and watching the show and listening to the podcast. We will see you hopefully next week and then back here again on the 10th of March. So for now, thank you. Go well. See you next time. Thanks, folks. <laughs>